0: The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 10, and we will continue our study through the book of John. Jesus, thank you so much for your love for us, and most importantly, thank you for uh, your salvation and your word, and your word that leads us to you. Um, pray, oh, I pray right now that our hearts and our ears and our eyes would be open to see what you want us to see, to hear what you want us to hear, and our hearts to be open to transformation. Whatever that is that you're doing in our life, uh, we open our, our ourselves to receive it. Um, give me the words you want me to share this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, John chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 22 this morning, picking up where we left off last week. To give you some background for those of you that haven't been with us, we started this journey almost a year ago going through the book of John. And the reason the book of John is written is clear. In John chapter 20, John the author said, "Everything I've written, every story that I've written down, all the stories I've written about what Jesus said, all the miracles and signs that he did, everything from 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 the first page to the last page of the letter that I've written" Is done with one purpose, so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him you would have life. That is the purpose for everything we're reading and studying. And that is the purpose for what we were made. We were made we were created by Jesus for Jesus. And we find our wellness, our purpose uh, in him. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but it, through Christ, we can do all things who gives, a, gives us strength. He is our breath. He is our life. He is our bread. And he is going to continue to let his own people and the world know these truths with his hope that they would hear his voice and follow him. He came to his own, John chapter 1. But his own received him not. They rejected him. But whoever receives him, who believes on his name, he gives the right to become children of God. My hope and our heart and our purpose is to proclaim his voice. And our prayer is that your heart would be open to him that you would give your heart to him, that you would become his, that you would see him as your shepherd, that you would realize that you are a sheep created to be a part of his sheepfold. He is the good shepherd. Last week, we looked at that passage. And, and in the context of what's going on is we're about two and a half years, maybe a little bit more, into Jesus' last three years of his life, his ministry years. In John chapter 1, Uh, through John chapter 10, we've covered that span of time and a number of works and signs and teachings of Jesus. And every time that Jesus has shown up and used the backdrop of whatever's going on in the culture, many of the religious ceremonies and rituals, he shows up to say, you know this thing you're worshiping here? You know how you take bread in remembrance of how God provided bread for your forefathers in the wilderness? I am the bread of life. I, he keeps showing up and saying, I am the bread. I am the water. I am the light that will lead you through the darkness. I am the one that God promised would come. I am your Messiah. And he's not going to leave it at just the Messiah, just the sent one. But I am God in flesh. Today, these words, again, are going to infuriate his listeners. And just take him one step closer to his purpose of dying in our place. He gave up his life for us. Last week he said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. Not only do I have the authority to lay down my life, and these are the words that that infuriated people, but I have the authority to take my life back up again. You know, anybody can say I'll give up my life. I could take a bullet for someone I loved. I could in in a state of dis- despair take my own life anybody can take their life but what is the last dead man you know that took his life back up we cannot do it only god can come back from the dead and that's what jesus is saying to which these listeners said he is crazy he's a madman he must have a demon we cannot listen to the words of this man and another said while others while while many said Jesus, with the things he says and the things he does, he's crazy. I'm no longer listening to him. I'm no longer following him. Others were drawn in and said, only God, only one sent from heaven can say these things, can do these things. And many put their belief in him. It's winter. In a couple months, Jesus will be crucified. He will lay down his life. John chapter 10, we kind of see the close of his public ministry out in the masses. From here on, he's going to focus on a select few, the intimate relationships of those closest to him as he prepares to leave this earth, to send his Holy Spirit, to go to the cross in our place, to offer up his life and to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, to in victory rise again and then commission his ambassadors to stay behind to continue the work that he's begun. We're drawing close to the end. It's not yet his time, but his time is coming. The people present want to kill him now, but he escapes, and we'll see that here in a minute. So let's take a look and look at these these words of Jesus. Verse 22 of John chapter 10. At the time of the Feast of Dedication, Jesus was at the Jerusalem and it was winter. Jesus was walking in the temple and the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? Tell us plainly if you are the Christ. Jesus answered them and said, I told you. And you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name, bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Tell us clearly, are you the Messiah or not? It's been two and a half years. Some have begun to put their belief in Jesus and some are just getting angry and frustrated and want this man dead. Others are still coming to him. Oh, come on, Jesus, just just tell us, are you him or not? Are you the Messiah or not? I believe in the midst of this crowd, he's in, the, he's in the highest of all holy places. People have come to, to, to draw close to God, to pray, to, to, to give offerings, to draw close. And they, they see Jesus again back on the scene. They're wondering what miracle is he going to do today? What sideshow? What act is he going to perform? What crazy things are, is he going to say? And some are just drawn to the drama of the day. How many of you, when there was a fight in school, you were one of the first to show up and go, okay, who's getting beat up today? none of you want to admit it but, but i know a lot of you enjoyed it some are showing up just to see what kind of drama is going to get mixed up today and 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 yet others are still wondering they had just seen him in john chapter 9 heal a man that they knew was blind from death and yet they are themselves spiritually blind oh come on jesus just tell us plainly tell us clearly are you the messiah Or not? I want you to hear me today. There may have been a time or two when you've asked that question. And maybe you're here today still wondering. Jesus, are you really who you said you are? Are you really the Messiah? If so, why is my life such a mess right now? If you're really the Messiah, if you're really the sent one, if you're really the good shepherd, why is my family falling apart? Jesus, if if you have the ability to to make all things good, why is there such tragedy and heartache and suffering in our world? Are you the Messiah? Or should we look for another? The Bible says, Jesus actually says this in the Bible, when he's speaking of a man named John the Baptist. He said, John the Baptist is, is set apart. He's unlike any other. There is no one with stronger faith than anybody that's ever lived besides John the Baptist. John the Baptist showed up on the scene. He, he was a cousin of Jesus and didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. Can you imagine living that long for 30 years and not knowing that your cousin? is the Son of God, the Messiah. But one day, while John is preparing the way, we're going to close with John at the end of today. John is getting the masses ready. The Messiah is coming. Get your hearts right. All of a sudden, one day, like scales being removed from John's eyes, John looks out in the crowd and sees his cousin Jesus and sees him in new light and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He must increase and I must decrease. This man of great faith, this man of great work, this man who led masses into the kingdom of heaven is one day thrown in prison. And his execution has been set. And he's a little terrified. I don't know if you've ever been on death row. I'm sure that would be a little fearful. And so he's in his cell and he's wondering, he's got his close friends that have come to pay a visit. And he's like, man, I just can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening? Will you please go get Jesus for me? And if he won't come, just go and ask him this question. John the Baptist, one of the most faithful of all time, asks his followers, go get Jesus and ask him, are you the Messiah? Or should we wait for another? Even those of us who have strong faith, sometimes fear creeps in and doubt sets in. And we question our own Savior. These masses, they're gathering in. Jesus, tell us plainly, are you the Christ or not? Jesus said, I told you so. But you don't believe. You've seen the works I've done. They... they point to me being who I am, and yet you still don't believe. You know what's interesting about Jesus' answer to John the Baptist's followers? His answer is a quote of many prophecies of old. Go back and tell John this. The poor are cared for. The lame are healed. The blind see. The old prophecies of old ended with the captives are set free. But Jesus doesn't say that. Because even in the midst of John's imprisonment, Jesus is still Lord. Jesus is still Messiah. Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even in the midst of our suffering. Go and tell John. I am accomplishing everything that I was sent to accomplish. But unfortunately, John, he will not be set free. He will give up his life for me. Jesus wants us to see today that in the mountaintops and in the valleys, he is still Lord. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Tell us clearly, are you the Christ or not? I have told you, but you don't believe. You've seen the works I've done. What are the works they've seen so far? We've, we've touched on some of them. Let me just remind you of a couple of things that Jesus did and said in chapter 2, he turns water into wine, giving the best of wine at a wedding, a wedding pointing to the reason he came, that one day he will be the bridegroom, bringing his bride, the church, to himself. Later in that chapter, he kicks out the extortionists out of the temple who are using the temple for their own means and their own profit, showing the people that the prophecies of the Messiah having a zeal for his own house would be fulfilled in him. In chapter 3, John the Baptist testifies that Jesus is the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and that John's ministry's purpose is not to lead others to himself, but to point people to Jesus. He must increase I must decrease. In John chapter 4, Jesus heals a royal official's son without even taking a step in the direction of the child who's in another town away. But at the moment that Jesus speaks, the child is healed. In John chapter 5, Jesus heals a man lame for 38 years. Jesus calls himself the Son of God and the Son of Man, a title of the Messiah from the prophet Daniel. And he says... God is his father. In John chapter 6, he feeds 5,000 plus men and women and children, more than 5,000 people. He walks on water and he makes the statement, you are gathered together to eat the bread in remembrance of God providing manna for your forefathers. But I tell you today, I am the bread sent from heaven. I am the bread that will give you life. You must be willing to eat of me. He calls himself the Son of Man. In John chapter eight and 7, he shows up at the Feast of Booths and he quotes back to Isaiah 55 where it says the Messiah would give the gift of the Holy Spirit and Jesus says, only I can give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 8, at the Feast of Booths again, he, he applies the Messianic passage found in Isaiah chapter 4 about the light of life being given given by the Messiah. And Jesus stands in the midst of the lamps burning at the festival and says, I am the light of the world. And I am here to lead you out of darkness. At the end of this chapter, he calls God his father. He calls himself the son of man. And he calls himself the same name that God uses when speaking to Moses. Moses in the Old Testament says, God, fine, I'll go to Egypt. I'm slow of speech and stutter, but if you're going to make me go, I guess I have no choice. But who am I to tell them has sent me? And God says, when they ask you who has sent you, you tell them that I am has sent you. The name of God, Yahweh, I am. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. He is God. In John chapter 9, he heals the man blind from birth. In John chapter 10, he applies all the messianic prophecies of a good shepherd being fulfilled in him. Jesus does not show up on the scene just to say, you know what, you're looking for the Christ? I am the Christ. I've already told you this. But I'm not only the Messiah. I am much more than the Messiah we'll see that here in a moment. In John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In John 5.9.19, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. No mere human can say this. All that the Father does, the Son does. John uh, in 8:58 Jesus said truly truly I say to you before Abraham was I am John 10:18 I have the authority to lay down my life but I also have the authority to take it back up again only God can do that John 12:41 Isaiah said these things John is quoting Isaiah Isaiah said these things because he saw the glory and spoke of him John applies that to the person of Jesus and John 20:28 20, Thomas answers Jesus, the disciple, a close friend of Jesus, and calls Jesus, my Lord and my God, and bows down and worships him, and Jesus accepts that worship and calls it faith. Jesus wasn't just another good teacher. Jesus was not just a miracle worker. Jesus was not just a godly rabbi or prophet to point us in the right direction Jesus is God. I've sat across the room from a number of people in counseling sessions who were broken, who were looking for answers, who were looking for hope. And in each and every situation, I lead them back to Jesus. Because there is no true healing. There is no true hope apart from knowing the one who made you and created you. It is in him that we find life. If we are searching for life and for meaning and for purpose and hope in anything else, we will always fall flat, empty. Because only he has the ability to give us what we need because he made us. We were made by him and for him. And so many times I have seen people sit across from me and say, Pastor John, I just need hope. I just need some encouragement. I just just help me. Help me to know what to pray. What words should I say in order to make this better? My family to get better, my health to get better, my my career to get better, my purpose to get better. And I've always ended up saying, "Where are you with Jesus?" Yes, there are many other things that we cover, but it starts with Jesus. And so many times I've looked across the room and my heart's broken because I can see in their eyes that although they've seen Jesus, although they've heard of Jesus, although they've seen the things that Jesus has done, they do not believe that He is God, the Messiah, the Sent One, the Savior of the world. There is hope found in no other name. I told you, And you do not believe. The works I've done, I do in my father's name and they bear witness about me. But still you do not believe. And here's the reason you don't believe. Because you're not my sheep. These words are deep. The beginning of the chapter. He says, my father has sheep. John chapter 6, all that God is going to give me, he's going to give me. And no one's going to be able to take them from me. He's about to say that again in a minute. But the truth here that we need to understand is that if we are not sheep, we will not hear his voice. At the end of the age, there will be a gathering of all mankind. And Jesus will gather together on one side the sheep and the other side the goats. My sheep will hear my voice. There will be many in Matthew 7 it says who will perform works in Jesus' name but do not know him. There will be many who stand before him and say, wait, wait, wait. we What about all the miracles we did in your name? What about the mission trip I went to in Puerto Rico and did all that work for you? What about the way I served in children's ministry? What about the way I greeted people when they came to Hope Hill Church? What about all the things I've done for you? And to some, Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Many of us, we think we can earn our way into heaven by the things that we do. It's not about what we can do. All our works are like trash compared to the holiness of God. The only work that we can do, John chapter 6, here's the works you want to do. You want to know how to get to heaven? Believe in the one he sent. Do you believe in Jesus as your Savior? Do you believe that He is your Lord? Are you hearing His voice and following Him? My sheep will hear my voice. You do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I will give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. The words aren't up there. But if you have a Bible, I want you to look at this passage. This section of scripture is it's a puzzle. But it's a beautiful picture of where Jesus is leading us. He's now referring to his sheep. And when he's answering the question of who he is, look at the way he answers. He answers who he is by telling us who we are. You want to know who I am? My sheep will hear my voice. And they will be in my hand and no one will take them out of my hand. A shepherd loves his sheep. A shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I'm wanting you to know who I am. I love you. I want you to hear my voice. I want you to be my sheep. There are sheep. That are not my sheep yet. That are, there are sheep that are not yet of my fold. Do you hear my voice? The people that are standing before him wanting to kill him. he's even He's giving them chance upon chance to put their faith and trust in him. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. Jesus has just said that the father has put the sheep in my hand. Jesus is holding the sheep. Stick with that. Verse 49. My father who has given the sheep to me is greater than all. There is no one greater than God Almighty. He is omnipotent. He has given me the sheep. And no one is able to snatch them out of whose hand? Where are the sheep right now? In this, in this analogy, where are the sheep? In whose hand? They're in Jesus' hand. He just said, my sheep are in my hand. The Father gave them to me, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. And now he says, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Where are the sheep? In whose hand? Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Verse 30. You're confused because you don't see the truth. There's not two separate hands. There's one hand. Jesus was not just a prophet. He was not just a good teacher. He is God in flesh. Jesus' hand is God's hand. And there is no one greater. Many skeptics have looked at this passage and just said, no, Jesus was just on God's team. I'm on God's team, but I will never say you're in my hand. I will fail you every day. The Jews were not, they were skeptics, but they knew exactly what Jesus was saying. To which they picked up stones. Not because they're rock collectors. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. They knew exactly where he was going. They knew exactly what he was saying. He was claiming to be God. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, I have shown you many good works. All from the Father. So tell me now, which of the good works have I done that you're going to stone me? It's not because of your good works, Jesus. That's not why we're upset and going to take your life now. It's not for the good works that you're we're going to stone you. But it is for blasphemy. Because you are, you being a man, make yourself God. They saw clearly. They're asking, tell us clearly, Jesus, are you the Messiah? We see clearly that you're calling yourself not only the Messiah, Jesus was not just the sent one, He is God become flesh. And at this. They pick up stones. Jesus answered them. And he draws back to a puzzling psalm in Psalm 82. Jesus says, is it not written in your law? I said you are gods. The word gods there is lowercase g. Is it not written in your law that I said you are gods? little gods, if he, the Father in heaven, called them gods, little gods, to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into this world, you are blasphemy? because I said I am the Son of God? In the Old Testament, there is a couple references using uh, this lowercase g, gods. In Psalm 82 is one of them. In another passage, there is a witch of Endor. And that's also, Endor is a place in Star Wars, by the way. But this witch is asked by, um, who's the man who asked the witch to summon Samuel? Saul. Saul goes to the witch. Samuel's dead and says, I know you have some powers and you can talk to the dead. Please summon Samuel. And she's like, no, 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 no. I know that you guys have come up with this law that witchcraft is punishable by death. You're not going to trick me. And he's like, shut up, woman. Summon the dead. And so she does her ritual. And in the flames, she says, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm, I'm sure in some ways she's shocked because she's actually seeing at work. And Samuel appears in the flames and she says of Samuel, I see a God, little g. Samuel was a representation of God. God left the chosen people. You are going to be my representatives. The word Christian means little Christ. We are meant to be God's workmanship, his example, his ambassadors. So it's not, I I do not believe, and a lot of theologians discuss, try to figure out what, what Jesus is saying here. It's not saying that there are many gods. There's only one God. But here Jesus is saying, you tolerate sinful, broken man being referred to as gods, and yet, I've done nothing wrong. You've heard the words I've said, and those offend you. You've seen the works I've done. You've not seen me commit a single sin, and you're going to be upset even though you look back at sinful fallen man and call them little God gods. You're upset that I call myself the son of God? The sent one? It really doesn't go anywhere. Jesus continues on, and he says, if I am doing the works of my Father... If if I am not doing the works of my Father, then don't believe in me. But I am doing the works of the Father. And yet you still don't believe. You don't believe me by the words I say or the works that I do. But He encourages them. But I want you, please, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away across the Jordan to a place where John had been baptizing at first, from the place where he was in Jerusalem, uh, at Solomon's Temple, about 30 miles away, the River Jordan, where John began his work, baptizing, preparing the hearts of people who would give their lives to Christ. He went away again across the Jordan. This is the kind of the closing of his public ministry. And he leaves them with the words, Believe me. Believe in me. Look at the works I've done. Look at the things I've said. And I believe that many of them, even there, will still come to know him. I'm sure one day in heaven, we'll be able to go up to people who were there yelling, crucify him, who after his death were transformed. Even one of the soldiers, the remarkable story of, a, of the Roman soldier who was crucifying Jesus, looked up as Jesus died and said, surely this was the Son of God. There's still hope for them. And Jesus goes to this land 30 miles away where John was baptizing. And he's now drawing to smaller crowds. He's preparing once chapter 11 happens we've got it just a couple weeks before he gives up his life on the cross and look what happens He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first and there he remained and many came to him and they said John did no sign but everything that John said was about this man and they're true and many John the Baptist's purpose. It's the same purpose of the author, John, who wrote this. A different John. John the Baptist said, everything I've done, all the works I've encouraged you with, all of the, I've told you to repent, to get your hearts right, to turn back to Jesus, all of it was so that you would be prepared for the Messiah. And these who had heard John's teaching. They're looking at Jesus. They're hearing him teach. They're seeing the things he's doing. And they say, everything that John told us about this man, they're true. He is the Messiah. He is the shepherd. He is the sent one. John had it right. John the Baptist's ministry was pointing people to that is our ministry now. You see the fruit of the land that had been tilled and worked, John had been there witnessing, getting people ready and when Jesus shows up on the scene, the people are ready. May it be true of us that in the places we eat, sleep, play, study and shop that we are tilling the land, that we are planting seeds, that we are doing good works. And that the people around us, they would say of us, everything that they said about Jesus is true. That they would see our good works and come to know our Father in heaven. The the ministry of John the Baptist is the ministry that God calls each of us into. Jesus said, As the Father sent me, I now send you. Is he your shepherd? Are you his sheep? Have you heard his voice? Have you called out to him as Savior and Lord? To whoever believes in him and receives him, he gives the right to become child of, the child of God. And for those of you that know him as shepherd, that know him as Savior, he said, I will lead my sheep in and out. I will even lead my sheep among wolves. That we would go and share the good news about who he is. Jesus said in John 10, 16, I have other sheep that are not yet of my fold. It is now our job to be like John the Baptist and to lead others to him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your pursuit of us. Time of upon time, upon time, you keep going to the Jewish people and telling them plainly who you are and that all they need to do is to believe in you. Lord, our prayer is that you would help us to continue like John the Baptist to point others to you. we would not just get comfortable in the sheepfold, but that we would be willing to do whatever it takes to take this message of God's love, of his truth, of his salvation to all who have not yet received it. God, I pray for those in this room who maybe have never yet heard your voice, that today they would hear the voice of your Holy Spirit speaking to their hearts. Calling them by name. And that they would surrender to you as Savior and Lord. If you're here this morning and you hear his voice. The only thing you have to do is believe. He loves you. He died for you. No matter how far you feel you are. No matter what you think you've done. No matter what you have done. He still loves you. There's nobody too far from God. Call out to him. Accept his love and his forgiveness. And come home to him today. At the end of our service, as our worship team closes us in a time of remembrance and response, I encourage you, if you feel led, to come forward. To let me or one of the other prayer team members know that today you heard his voice. Today, you gave your heart to Jesus. You want him to be your Savior and Lord. We'd love to celebrate that decision with you. For those of you that know him as Savior and Lord, in the four corners of our room, we remember what Jesus did by remembering the Last Supper. On the night before he was arrested, he took bread, and with his loved ones, his close ones, he said, this bread is a symbol of my body broken for you. As often as you eat of it, remember what I've done for you. He took the cup. He said, this cup is a symbol of my blood shed for you in the forgiveness of the sins of the world. As often as you drink of this, remember my death until I come. And so at the four corners of our room, we encourage you as an act of remembrance, an act of worship to receive communion. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Now help me to go and to live for you. On each table is also an offering basket. If you feel led to worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings, you can do so at that, at those tables as well. So Father God, I pray that you would move and have your will and your way in our hearts at this time. Help us to see you not as just a teacher, not just a good example, but as Savior, as Lord, as God in flesh. Come in and make us new. Show us the meaning and purpose of our life. That it is 100% about leading others to you. No matter if we're a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a soccer coach, those are secondary. Our first job is to be a missionary, an ambassador, loving on people and leading them to you. So help us to take that seriously.